Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're here with Chizo. It's the 2017 AFL preseason. I'm absolutely hyped to be back amongst it with some Supercoach action. Someone else who can't wait to begin discussing some Supercoach topics is with me right now. It's Pistol. How are you, legend? Doing very well, and uh, I've been enjoying the JLT Community Series. How about you, Chizo? Um, I'll be honest with you, Pistol. I've been <laughs> I've been trying to stay away from watching any of the JLT Community matches. Particularly the first couple of weeks, because they always end up getting sucked into that, you know, that mid-price player that gets a new role that really excites me. Um, you know, take Jesse Lonigan last year, killed the preseason, was like averaging the most disposals per minute across everyone across the, the preseason. He was selectable as a defender. Um, he was in the the midfield of the depleted Gold Coast. He was he was going to be the the next absolute gun, right? Wasn't he? That's what everyone thought. <laughs> you actually bring him back nightmares right now. Instead, he stagnated. And it was barely worth a bag of hot chips by the year's end. So what I took away from last year is not to get sucked into the hype players. And uh, I'll probably get some hate mail for saying this, but I'm staying away from Isaac Heaney for that reason. I'm not watching him. I'm not watching City play. I'm not reading Supercoach points. I'm not hearing news about his new role and everything like that. I'm flat out not listening to any of that. I'm just waiting for the start of the season and backing the guys that I've got in my squad already. If you don't see him play, how are you going to judge him? I'm going to judge him by saying that I'm backing my gut, and I know what kind of player he is, and it doesn't matter what magic role that they come up with in the preseason, he's not going to be the top averaging forward this season. He's not He's not even going to be in top six. I'm not getting sucked into him. All right. I'll, uh, I won't Josh Caddy. Josh Caddy will out, outscore him, I guarantee it. Yeah, that's probably fair. All right. Uh, Pistol, it's the first podcast of the year. I just want to talk about a few things that have been, you know, happening behind the scenes with Dr. Supercoach. Supercoach, we've had a few uh, changes this preseason. Um, first thing I want to talk about is our, our Cancer Cancel uh, fundraiser that we did last year. And because uh, you, you basically came up with the idea and set it all up yesterday, uh, last year, set it up yesterday. Um, just talk us through how we went last year, how much uh, was raised and uh, what we're looking forward to uh, in the next coming season. We managed to raise $1,183.80 for the Cancer Council in 2016, which is a massive effort. Um, really, really proud of what we've achieved. And next season, I've just set up the page. So at the end of the podcast, I'll uh, put up the link and hopefully we can beat that this year. Maybe double it. Who knows? Let, let's see how much we can get. I love that our, uh, our like target at the start of last year was like, oh, maybe we can get $500. Um, donated from everyone in the community and people that are listening and you chucked in money and a few of the other uh, admins chucked in money and then all of a sudden we you know we refreshed it one day and we had 800 900 dollars sitting there after you know only a handful of weeks and I was just absolutely shocked I don't know about you but the amount of generosity that we're getting from you know the Dr Supercoach community was just amazing to me yeah it's bloody good and it's all for a great cause yeah absolutely and one thing I just want to touch on I just want to give a shout out to one of my young friends from up here in Townsville. He's a young bloke by the name of Harry. He's currently spending some time uh, relaxing, playing on mum's iPad at Lady Salento's Children's Hospital. After he came in to work one day and was diagnosed uh, with a suspected malignant cancer called a neuroblastoma, um, it was about the size of a basketball. It was absolutely horrendous and something that, um, you know, things like this I see every day. And to, to see it on someone that you know, and to you know, be personally affected by someone you know having um, something abnormal growing inside of them, totally unexpected, and such a young, a young guy with a whole life ahead of him, it really, really 
shocked everyone and it really hits home how much we do take for granted so Harry I just want to say on behalf of everyone here at Dr Supercoach get well soon most importantly keep smiling and we'll be running the uh, the page the charity page again this year in your honor and it really gives us um, a, a real direction about why we're doing this and you know really shows exactly how important this kind of um, a fundraising effort is because there's so many people like this that um, affected by it and you know when you personally ex- experience someone that you know affected by it it really hits home so much more yeah, hear, hear. Sorry to hear that, Chizo. Yeah. So we'll be ca- catching it with Harry and see how he's going during the season. Pistol, I want to focus what's happening during the season, just to change tact here for a second. In 2017, we've come up with the division system, the multi-tiered system, where we've got 10 different um, leagues set up with um, full leagues, 18 team leagues in there, basically to face off to be crowned the best Dr. Supercoach community coach Um how many coaches ended up trying to get into the various uh, divisions? Because I know we've got over, um, we've got about 170 coaches that actually made it in, and that was only a fraction of the amount of coaches that applied. Yeah, I think there was close to 500 people applying. So the rank cutoff we set, we thought it would be around 10K, but uh, looks like it's going to be even lower than that. I can't believe the amount of people that want to play. It's so great. I can't believe it. I'm very, very please and looking forward to seeing who's going to be crowned you know the the winner and so obviously the the tiered system divisions one to ten um everyone was ranked on where they finished and you know the highest 170 that applied um and what their rank was last year is how they got in and correct me if i'm wrong but i believe the the lowest ranked player or coach in league one which is the highest rank was 138 last year that is correct, and there was a top rank in that league of five. So, yeah, fifth place is in, 138th is in, and it's going to be a showdown to see who's going to be crowned the first winner. And I think we're, we're working out some prizes as well for the winner. Um, it's uh, in the pipeline, so hopefully we get that going and can announce it for the page, as with the final rules for the whole um, 10 leagues. If you don't get in as well, uh, there's going to be the Supercoach group that we'll set up right before week one and the top 10 people in that group at the end of the year will get put into Division 10 for next year and you can work your way up and hopefully, you know, get to the top. So what's the, um, just to give everyone an understanding, what what are we doing with the kind of promotion, demotion of, um, you know, the, the say someone in Division 10 comes first, is he automatically going up to Division 9 in replacing someone else? What's the story there? Well, we'll release it on the page soon with a detailed um, analysis of how it works, but don't worry, you won't have to spend 10 years going from Division 10 to Division 1. Um, it's a bit of fast-tracking, but yeah, the details to come, so keep an eye on the page. So the better you do, the more rewarded you guess is the yes. way to describe it, yeah. Okay. So if you absolutely annihilate it and you win it from League 10, is there the potential that you jump straight to League 1 the following year? Certainly not. Can't go from League 10 to League 1. Imagine winning, actually winning Supercoach, coming number one at the end of the year, and they're like, woohoo, I got into League 9. Yes, this is what I'm after. <laughs> no, it won't be like that, but um, I guess it'd be worse winning Supercoach and not moving up to League 9. So. <laughs> yeah. You just get every single um, week, you just had a bad week. So, and the, the player you were playing against just had one of those out-of-the-box weeks that they have once in a, lo- a blue moon, and you just keep losing. That's what happened to me last year, Pistol. 
No, your team was just average <laughs> the whole season. There, there were five coaches who had less points at the end of the year in the Dr. Supercoach Admin League, but I still come last. Well, hopefully you can fix that this year. <laughs> and uh, just as a little um, anecdote to that, because I come last in the Dr. Supercoach Admin League, I have the, uh, I'm not sure if pleasure is the right word, the Dr. Supercoach admins get to come up with my team name for the 2017 season. So we might release that a little bit later so um, people can, you know... Actually, I don't even want to know. You, I, I don't know if I can trust you to come up with my own team name, Pistol. You, you'll make it something absolutely shocking that I just can't release to the public. Well, I'm taking suggestions. So if you want to drop a <laughs> comment, and it's a good one, that might end up being Chizo's team name for the 2017 season. Maybe there's a prize going around if uh, someone in the community can, can name Chizo's team something really decent. Maybe horrifying, maybe a little bit embarrassing, something that I probably shouldn't tell Mrs. Chizo. If you can come up with that, maybe there's something in it for you. All right, looking forward to it. <laughs> All right, another aspect that's unique to 2017 for Dr. Supercoach is our inaugural Keeper League. And our Keeper League draft is kicking off probably in the week um, just before round one. A lot of the coaches are a little bit hesitant to jump straight into it early while the JLT is going on. I think they must want to see if, you know, Jared Witz's uh, hand is glued back together or whatnot. Is there, you know, their backup Ruckman or something like that? Um, during the season, we will be covering how each coach uh, drafted, the strategy that they employed, uh, whether we're going to have runs of certain players. And because it is a keeper league, you're not going to see. Um, just uh, five, six rounds of all the the, the middle-aged um, middle-aged super coaches. You're going to see guys like Callum Mills, Jacob Hopper, Darcy Parrish, who I'll probably take with my first pick, even if it is number one, because you know at the end of the day I've got to get my boy Parrish, and if Pistol or Houston takes it off me, then I'm going to have to pay like my top six picks for the next three years just to try and get him back on my team. I'm going to have to pay over oh, Pistol. Oh, 100%. He's actually my number one pick at the moment lining up, so you better hope you get randomised above me. <laughs> oh, Maybe I'll just do the randomizer. That's how I'll get around it. Um, we're in a new keeper league. Um, do, you, do you run... Have you been in any uh, recent keeper leagues or any drafts, or do you do usual uh, single-season leagues? I know you do it for other sports other than AFL. Um, what kind of strategy do you think you're going to take towards a keeper league? Are you going to go for the really, really young early and get the, the future talent, or are you going to try and stuff it with um, guys that are already in their prime, like Danger and that right now, you're going to try and spend the first few rounds getting those guys as opposed to the youngsters? I don't really want to share my secrets with you, to be honest. Damn but it! If I have to, um, probably target those like 22, 23-year-olds that are already good, already pumping out decent scores, and you know we'll maintain that for the next 10 years. Uh, you know, the players like Bontempelli or Cripps, they're certainly high on my list. Bunton, Pelly, Crips. Okay, no, just it, it's it's really helpful for the community and for Chizo to find out this kind of stuff because uh, I, I really am getting an insight to the coach that is uh, Pistol Pete. Pistol, I just want to uh, finish off our first podcast for 2017 just by touching on a couple of players that you'll be keeping a keen eye on um, leading up until round one. It might be over the last couple of weeks of the JLT, or you just want to make sure that they're named round one, someone like a Sanderlands or, or a player like that. Um, it might be a rookie, fallen premium, mid-pricer, just a player that you're sneakily keeping an eye on, ready to choose if you like what you see. Who's the two or three that you, you like that you're watching? All right, well, let's do uh, one each at a time so that I can okay, have yep. time to think about my other ones. But sure. uh, off the top of my head, I'm going to say Sean Higgins, the, the man who single-handedly destroyed Jordan's season last year. 
um, training him in for Aaron Hall. Uh, <laughs> training him in? Well. Let, wait, wait, let's just repeat that. He traded Sean Higgins in for Aaron Hall, did you say? I think when Aaron Hall went down, he decided to train with Sean Higgins, and then Sean Higgins scored two in the two scores in the 50s and then got injured as well. I think that's probably the cardinal sin. I, th- I think I think we we need to contact um, you know Supercoach and 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 see if they'll add an extra ten k to his last year ranking because that's just unfair. You, you you can't be you can't be ranked higher than me from last year and make a mistake like that. Surely. Oh well, we'll see. you have your chance of redemption this year. But Sean Higgins as well can have a chance of redemption with uh, he's come out in the JLT. I know you haven't looked at the scores, so I'll uh, let me guess. He put up a hundred and a hundred and twenty three or something. No, off. Oh. Off the top of my head, I think that's correct. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, he did. He put out a big 100, big 123. Been playing through the midfield. Look, they're young. They're a bit inexperienced now after they've lost a couple of their uh, older players. They still have a good core midfield, but I think we'll be playing more throughout that. And, hey, with the scores of 100 and 123, you have to take notice. Um, Cunningham's suspended for round one, so I know he's definitely going to be right in the mid, at least for out for round one. I'm sure he'll play there more throughout so I just want to keep an eye on him I know he's going to tempt me I know he's a JLT proven performer or NAB Cup proven performer but two seasons ago he was a great pick and hoping with the shallow forward line this year at 426k he can be a bargain that, yeah, that's that's interesting that you mentioned there a shallow forward line we've lost the likes of um, Martin Zorko um, who, who am I missing Merritt. Uh, Merritt. There you go. From my own team, I can't even remember. Um, I've got another another forward, a little bit fallen premium, I guess you could say, that I'm looking at. Because we are looking, we're not looking at that uh, 100, 105, 110 average for our top kind of top five premium forwards. We're kind of looking towards that 90, 95, up to 100 that'll probably spread the top 10, top 12. Uh, I'm looking for someone that has averaged 97 twice in the past. He's rumoured to get more midfield time. And as our expectations are lower, he's a really good, unique option that could end up top 10. I'm talking about Chad Wingard pistol. Yep, I think that could be a good pick as well. Um, The only thing I'm wondering about is that because Ken Hinckley said, oh, he's going to come out and get midfield time, basically everyone's jumping on board. I I thought I was going, I'm going to get this guy. You know, he's basically the same, uh, similar price to Heaney. I'm going to go uber unique. And now everyone else is listening to, to Ken Hinckley on the uh, AFL.com.au um, uh, Q&A. And as soon as he said Wingard's going to get midfield time, everyone's like, yeah, chuck him in there. He's just going to be amazing. But I'll, I'll give you some stats on this is This is something that I, I really looked into. Averaged two less disposals than he had in previous years, down to around 15. He's down 17 points under price from his averages from 2013, 2015. Um very promising in the forward line at 97 average, um, as our expectations are lower. Was more of a stay-at-home forward last year. He increased his goals per game above two from um, 1.7 in the previous three years. He's got the 12th highest retention rate kicking into the forward 50. Now, this is the key point because it shows his potential higher up the ground delivering into the forward 50 to the, the forwards that they're picking up. They're picking up the Brett Eddies, um, Charlie Dixon when he's available. He's a proven ball winner, particularly in contests, and I really like him as a unique, maybe uh, F3, F4, depending how you're structuring up, um, as, as a, a, you know that unique underpriced premium that could end up top 10, top 6 pistol. 
Yeah, no, and he's a big game player as well, so you know he's going to stand up in the crunch time and get those extra super coach points. Yeah, the the one that is really going to interest me is um, he scores well when the port uh, the power were doing well. So he, he had a bit of a down year. Port had a bit of a down year. Are they going to change their fortunes around? You never know, mate. What's the uh, what's the next um, player that you're keeping an eye on leading up to round one? I think you're going to laugh again. Actually, um, I'm going to say I'm going to keep an eye on Ryan Schoenmakers. Yes, you heard me correctly. I know that's a stunned silence. Um, he's only priced at 155k. He's come out in round one of the JLT, scoring 72. In the second match, he scored 66. I'm unsure on his job security, especially with Vickery dominating. I know I can't believe I said that either, but you know he had a very good game in the JLT. And I'm not sh- quite sure where he slots into the Hawthorne team at this stage, but if his name round one and he puts in another solid showing... If you can get a 70 average out of 155k rookie, even if their name is Ryan Schoenmakers, then uh, there's a case for them being in your team. So are you trying to tell me that he's in your team right now? I'm actually trying to select the worst team ever. <laughs> Where is he sitting at your team right now? Oh, F1. <laughs> F1? No. no, 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 serious. Um, he's actually... Well, I changed my team today for the first time in like four weeks, but at the moment he's in uh, F6, but he was hovering around the... Uh, F4, F5 mark previously. Sure. I'm just going to read some stats here for you just to kind of broaden your perspective. I know you're a stats man. In the last... I'll read out his last five years Supercoach scoring points. Ready? Okay. Since In 2011 to 2015, he played 71 matches. And in those four years, he averaged 65, 62, 64, and 68 in Supercoach. That's perfectly fine for a rookie priced at 155k. So you're, you're, you're happy, uh, 165k, obviously slightly elevated, not over, uh, not like paying overs for a rookie. You're happy with like a, a low 60, say average is 63 up until the buyers. You're happy with, um, you're happy with the job, uh, job security and cash generation you think you can make there? Look, I said job security is questionable, but if he averages in the mid 60s, I'll be happy with the uh, cash uh, coming in from him. However, I am a bit scared that four of his six games last year, he scored under 30 points. So, <laughs> um, Look, he was just bringing the points. He's, uh, his, his price down for you, so he'll be right for, for F6 for you this uh, year. Maybe I'll hold him the whole season. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> if I run out of trades, I will. <laughs> he'll be great bench cover, mate. Talking about job security, I want to talk about the, the next guy that I'm keeping an eye on now. Currently not sitting in my side, um, but someone I'm really keeping an eye on just because of his pedigree. And that's Matthew Kennedy from GWS. The first thing you're going to say, job security, is he going to have a game? And he managed three games last year in his debut season in a strong GWS side. They've obviously picked up um, Tim Taranto. They've got um, Deledio that's come in. So there are spots being taken up. Whitfield going out is interesting. Um, more of a winger, so I'm not sure uh, Matt Kennedy or even Jacob Hopper, for that matter, is actually a, a, an inclusion for that kind of... Um, that kind of player. So it'll be interesting to see if they take a, a Devin Smith um, or someone like that from the forward line, playing them up on a wing and leaving a spot at, at half forward, which might be filled by Tim Taranto. It might be Matt Kennedy. You never know. Um, in the Neeful, he was top 10% in the competition for... Now, I've got a whole list here, here Pistol. He was <laughs> he top go. 10 for super coach points, disposals, tackles, score involvements, marks, and inside 50s per game. He averaged 27 touches per game with 30 or more in five games. And most importantly, he only had less than 20 touches in a game twice. 
The problem being only one bad game, and he's back in the needful again, averaging 30 touches. Yes, and there's plenty of decent players and very average players that can average 30 touches in the needful. And to, to put it in perspective, Jake Barrett is now playing for Brisbane. Um, he has, over the last three years, averaged 27, 28 touches in the needful. So statistics in the needful don't necessarily point out that you're going to get a game, particularly at GWS. But the fact is that Matt Kennedy is one of their academy prospects taken at pick 13, and he would have been taken well inside the top 10 if he wasn't an academy, academy prospect tied to GWS. If he was a forward next year and his job security looked on the up, I would certainly be jumping on. But yeah, I'm not sure this year is going to be his year, Chizo. Yeah, just one to keep an eye on. Mate, do you have one more there that you can throw out that you're, you're interested in? I've got one more here if you're, you're struggling at all. No, I've got one more. It's uh, another GWS player, actually. And he might take up a spot in the midfield. So we'll keep an eye on him. He's listed as a defender, and it's actually Zach Williams. He scored a 68 only in the first JLT, which is good because it means people are going to jump off. Um, I don't think he played too badly, but he's definitely one to watch uh, this week when he plays. And I think you've, you read some stats about um, Zach Williams. Have you got on hand? Yeah, one of the interesting things, as you know, Pistol, I buy the AFL prospectus every single year. Um, great read just to learn more about the footy structures and the, the way that teams play. Um, they've got a, a new ratings this year, the relative ratings, where they're comparing the average output of players for a position for that particular age. For example, the best player relative rating-wise last year was Patrick Dangerfield. For a 26-year-old midfielder, he's averaging 77% higher in his score than a midfielder of the same age. The second on the list for the top 10 players for relative ratings last year is Zach Williams. For a general defender at 22 years of age, he's performing 74% higher than expected. That's crazy. He's got an elite elite kick rating, elite contested ball winner, rating above average in pretty much every other important um, area related to a general defender, including metres gained. For someone that's only 22 years of age, he, particularly in, say, draft leagues, Zach Williams is a really, really good one to keep an eye on because, you know, heat is getting old. You know, he might get an, in, an injury at any stage, old man calf injury. We've already seen it this week with Jared McVeigh. Zach Williams is, would then be that new number one to come out of that back line. And, you know, GWS are going to improve. They're going to win more games. It's going to get more ball, just, you know, natural um, growth. So, yeah, definitely keep an eye on Zach Williams. Absolutely. And uh, I'll throw my last one up. This is uh, a, a lot less um, unique, I guess, but definitely one that I picked up uh, earlier on in the preseason when uh, I knew that Jared Lyons was out there, and that's Riley Knight. Uh, the recent loss of Jared Lyons, Cam ellis Yolman going down this week with an ACL just when he thought he was going to finally get a proper go at the AFL level, um, and the decline of like a, a Scott Thompson there's spaces in the Crows lineup and spaces in that midfield half-forward line and a mid-forward type player playing more as a high half-forward. Riley Knight is really, really interesting in that kind of aspect. Kind of similar, I'm kind of picking him at F4, F5 area, same kind of, uh, basically he and Matt Kennedy are fighting for the same spot. Um, He's got better job security than Matt Kennedy, but uh, what he does have is also a big issue with his disposal efficiency. In both the Sandfall and AFL so far, he only has a disposal efficiency of 59%, which is well below average. So even though he averages 21 touches, 1.5 score assist, and 1.5 goals a game in the Sandfall, that job security 
even though it's opening up with a few spaces there in the Crows lineup, if he has one bad um, one game uh, with just poor disposal efficiency and really costing them, then he could be spending some more time uh, in the sandfall and ending up being a, bu- a bus selection. Well, he comes in at uh, 201,300, so it's a good option for your forward line, but definitely keep an eye on him. He did get named for this upcoming JLT match, so yeah, have a look out for him. Absolutely. Um, that pretty much wraps up the first pot of the year, Pistol. I think it went pretty well for the first time I've heard your voice in quite a while. <laughs> well, hopefully uh, you'll be hearing a bit more of it, and we'll pop up the charity link uh, at the end of the pod. All right, mate. Catch you later. See you, community.